Genesis chapter 16, we'll begin at verse 7 through verse 16, talking this morning on the God who sees, the God who sees. You pray for me this morning, I can tell my throat's already wanting to act up. I believe God will touch me and help me. Genesis 16, beginning at verse 7 through verse 16, the God who sees. If you have a bulletin, the outline is on the back, if you'd like to take notes. Verse 7, now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore the well was called Beer Laharoi. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your presence today, and we're so thankful for your word. And I ask God today that you would speak to the people, comfort the people, and I pray, God, you would move in their hearts and in their lives. And I ask, Lord, for your touch once again, that I may say the things and do the things that you would have me to do. I ask, God, for your touch and your anointing upon my life to get through this message today. And I pray that you would just do amazing things in this house. And Father, for everything that's accomplished, we'll give you praise and honor and glory for it all. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Before I get into the message and in my introduction, just a little bit of context. We know the story, I preached about it some Wednesday night, but Abram and Sarah had been given a promise by God that he was going to be the father of many nations, he was going to have a son. And ten years had passed and God had not fulfilled that promise, God had not given them a son, so Sarah comes up with the idea, hey, why don't you take my maidservant Hagar, go into her and maybe God will give us a child that way. What they were doing is what we often do is we try to give God a hand. When God's not moving quick enough, when God's not answering the prayer, when God's not meeting the need, when God's just not, when God just seems to be moving slow and we don't know what God's up to, we want to try to step in and give God a hand. Can we all agree that we we do that at times? And so in our text this morning, Hagar, she's being mistreated by Sarah and she runs into the wilderness and the angel of the Lord shows up and finds her and gives comfort to her and Hagar comes up with this thing for God. Elroy, he is the God who sees. She's broken, she's hurting, but God shows up in her affliction and sees exactly what she's going through. And I would say to us this morning by way of introduction that life can be a struggle. All of us here today know what it's like to have difficult days and to have trials and to have struggle and to have suffering that takes place in our life. Everyone here today at some time or another has had to deal with difficulty and you've had to deal with harshness and you've had to deal with suffering in your life. You see, hard times come to us in difficult ways. 
It could be financial problems. Maybe the economy takes a downturn as it did years ago. And maybe you're out of a job and you're not sure how you're going to make ends meet. It could be health issues that bring hard times into our lives. Maybe cancer or heart problems or some accident related issue comes into your life. It strikes you. It strikes a loved one and you don't expect it. Catastrophes. Storms such as hurricanes and floods and things of that nature happen. It catches us off guard and we experience suffering and we experience pain. Maybe it's relational conflicts. Things go wrong at times in our relationships with those close to us. Maybe the marriage struggles or even comes to an end. Children get into trouble with drugs or alcohol and they begin to act out and somebody we care about maybe dies an untimely death. The list could go on and on and there is no limit to the struggles that we experience in life. And when hard times come, we often feel overwhelmed, we feel burdened, we feel discouraged and sometimes we can't think past the next day. The reality is, even though we are children of God, God never promised us an easy life. In fact, Jesus tells us that in this world you will have tribulation, you're going to have hardship, you're going to have difficulty. And when those difficult times come, when those hard times come to us, the question that often comes to our mind is this, where is God? You see, our hard times leads us to believe that God has forgotten us and that God has left us alone. We often mistake God's silence for His absence. You see, when our prayers aren't being answered and the needs aren't being met, it's easy to ask, where is God when I need Him? Have you been there? I have. You see, it's difficult to feel lonely. It's difficult to feel isolated by people. But it's even more difficult to feel abandoned by God. And all of us have felt that way at some time or another. And I imagine that's how Hagar must have felt when she fled into the wilderness. Things seemed to look up for a brief moment. Her lowly status as a servant had changed when Abraham, according to the custom of that day, had taken her to produce a child on behalf of the barren Sarah. But when Hagar became pregnant, she became a little arrogant. She became a little prideful. She despised Sarah. And Sarah began to mistreat her and do harsh things to her. And so... Hagar decides, I need to leave. I need to go into the wilderness. I need to get away from this pain. I need to want to run away from this problem. And so she gets out in the wilderness. She sits down by a spring of water. And God shows up in her situation. You see, I believe that Hagar knew about Abraham's God, the living and true God. And she must have wondered as she sat there by that spring if God knew her or even cared about her situation. You see, in her mind, her future was uncertain. Her past was too painful to think about. She probably felt abandoned by everyone on earth and even forgotten by God in heaven. But it's in that context that verse 7 tells us, the angel of the Lord found her. I'm so glad that shows up in Scripture. You see, that's a beautiful picture of the compassion that God has for people. He found her. The angel tells her what to do and then promises that if she'll obey and submit that he'll bless her and multiply her descendants through the child that she is carrying. Hagar, she's encouraged, she's infused with energy once again and she's amazed by this experience and she gives this name to God, Elroy, the God who sees. I believe this story can be an encouragement to you this morning if you're suffering and you feel abandoned by God. 
I want to give you three thoughts from this passage today. Number one, God sees our struggles. God sees our struggles. Look at verse 7. The angel Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And then verse 17 says, She called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. God saw Hagar's struggle. It says, The angel of the Lord found her. The good shepherd went looking for her and found her. I want to encourage you today and let you know that our God is a seeking God. Sometimes I think that we have this mindset that we found Him, but the reality is He found us. We were lost and confused and we were wandering away from Him, but He came looking for us and He found us. Just as He found Hagar, He found you and He found me. I didn't go searching for God, but God came searching for me. The angel of the Lord, the good shepherd, showed up one day in my life and said, Scotty, everybody else may have abandoned you. Everybody else may want nothing to do with you, but I am here. I see your pain. I see your struggle. I'm so glad that God one day found me. We have to answer the question, who is this angel of the Lord? I've done alluded to it. There's debate among scholars and theologians, but I believe that this is the Lord Jesus Christ in a pre-incarnate appearance. In verse 13, it is stated that the Lord spoke to her. So Hagar, she's found and speaking to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Hagar, she could flee from the presence of Sarah, but she couldn't flee from the presence of the Lord. You see, you can try to run from your circumstances. You can try to run from your difficulty. You can try to run from your pain. You can try to run from your problems. But you can't hide from God. He sees where you are. He knows what you're going through. He sees your struggle. He sees your brokenness. He sees your affliction. God sees us where we are because He can find us where we are. In fact, God sees you as if there were not another creature in His universe. Try to wrap your mind around that. That God sees you as though you're the only one on this earth. He sees you as though you're the only one He ever created. That's who God is. You see, if I try to see each of you, I'm forced to look at one person at a time. I can only give one person my attention at a time. But God can see all things, all people at the same time and still give each person His full attention. But let me also say this, that when God sees you, He doesn't just see what you're wearing, where you're going, or the expression on your face. He sees you entirely, completely, inside and out at the same time. He knows every thought. He knows every imagination, even before they're formed in your mind. He knows every word you're going to speak before you ever speak it. Hear me today. As you move through this life, your God sees you completely, perfectly, and thoroughly. I'm so glad that God sees me and sees what I'm going through. The word sees in verse 13, it is a present tense verb. It means that God sees and He always sees. This means there's never a moment when He isn't aware of what's going on in our lives. Can I tell you, nothing escapes the mind of God. Nothing escapes His sight. Nothing escapes His attention. He sees and He always sees. You may be here today and nobody else knows your struggle. 
You may be here today and nobody else knows your pain. You may be here today going through hell on earth and nobody else knows what you're walking through. But I promise you today, God sees what you're walking through. God sees your pain. God sees your hurt. God sees how everybody has rejected you. God sees how everybody's turned their back on you. I'm so glad today that when all others have forsaken me that God sees where I am and He'll come to my rescue and He'll be my rock and He'll be my refuge. He'll be a fortress that I can run to and find safety because God sees me. I can have peace and I can have joy and I can keep moving on because God sees me in my broken times of life. You see, when others are gone and when the door is closed and darkness begins to surround you and envelop you and when you think you're all alone, God sees you still. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 16. Oh, I feel Him this morning. He sees you today. He knows your struggle today. That that you've told nobody else. That that nobody else knows about. God sees it and God cares. And God is compassionate. And God is gracious. And God will come to you. God will rescue you. God will lift you up. Because He is the God that sees your struggles. I know sometimes we mistake God not moving quick enough. As though God can't do it. But hear me today. God knows where you are at the right time. He'll sweep in. And He'll pull you out. He'll turn it around. Just keep looking to Him. Because He's looking at your life today. Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles 16, 9 that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. Do you see that? His eyes are going up and down the earth and He sees those that are His. Proverbs 15, 3 says the eyes of the Lord are in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good. Hear me, you will never get away from His watchful eye. The God who sees, sees our struggles. But secondly, I want you to notice from the text that God offers a solution. Look at verse 8 and verse 9. He said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? Now let me just pause here and say this, that whenever God asks a question, it's not because He lacks knowledge and lacks information. God's wanting us to think about our situation. God's wanting us to think about where we are. She said, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. You see, it doesn't matter how tangled and messed up your life is, God knows the next step you need to take. God knows the next thing you need to do. We see with Hagar, it started with a question, Hagar, where are you going? And she answered, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. You see, just like Hagar, we usually try to run away from our problems because we don't think there's a solution. Amen? Sometimes we've looked at all the options and we think we have no more options. And so instead of trying to deal with it, instead of trying to confront it, we want to run away just like Hagar did. But notice in the text that the angel of the Lord tells her, you need to go back and submit to Sarah. And I can imagine what Hagar's thinking. God, don't you know what I've gone through? Don't you know how I've been mistreated? Don't you know how she's been harsh and rude and cruel to me? Don't you know how bad it is and you're wanting me to go back and submit to her? I'm afraid that the solution that Hagar was wanting and what she received is not what she really wanted. That God says you need to go back and submit. She's not really wanting to go back and submit. That goes against her nature to go back and to submit to mistreatment and cruelty. 
And I would say to us today that the solution that God gives to us in our time of trial or hardship may not be what we want to hear. But you have to be willing to do what God says do if you want to get through what you're going through. Amen? God's solution isn't always easy, but it's always best to obey Him. Hagar had to go and submit to Sarai, but submitting to Sarah means that she first had to submit to God. She had to be obedient. And I believe that the word submit, it's a dirty word in our society. We don't like to hear that word. In fact, we as Americans, we have a history of not submitting to anyone who oppresses us. If we're treated unfairly, if we're treated harshly, we stand up for our rights. I've got rights and I'm not going to submit. Just look at our world today. President Trump, whether you're for him or against him, everything wants to get blamed on him because people don't want to submit. Let's just be honest. People have a problem with yielding and submitting to authority. But this book tells me that all authority comes from God. Amen? The very word submit often makes us mad. It makes us angry. We don't want to submit. But can I tell you what your number one need in time of trial and difficulty is? Is to humble yourself and submit to God. That's the best thing you can do instead of trying to rebel, instead of trying to run, instead of trying to turn away and figure it out yourself. The best thing you can do is submit to God. He is in control of the circumstances and He cares for you. Therefore, you should submit to Him and do what He asks you to do even if it's difficult to do. Maybe God's saying to you this morning that you need to forgive the person that hurt you. Pastor, I don't know if I can do that. Well, this book says that's what we should do and you need to submit to God. Maybe God's saying to you today that you need to trust Him with your finances by starting to give to His work and His kingdom. God could be saying to you today that you need to stop trying to give Him a hand and work things out in your own power and trust His power. He could be saying today that you need to let go of some things that you've been holding on to and let Him take charge of your life. Those are things we don't want to hear. Those are things we don't want to do. But I'll say this today, that if you're going through a hardship, it could be that you've brought it on yourself. And the best thing you can do to get out of it is submit to God and find out what God wants you to do. Let Him give you the next step because when He gives you the next step and you follow it, God will bless you. God will pour out His grace on you if you will submit to Him, which leads to my third and final point today. God showers us with mercy. Look at verse 10, verse 11. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. Notice there that it says the Lord heard Hagar's affliction, not her prayer. Whether she was calling out to the Lord or not, we don't know, but God heard her affliction. And can I encourage you today and let you know that God hears our affliction even when we fail to call out to Him as we should. Even when you can't offer up a prayer, even when you can't say words to Him, God hears your affliction. But not only does He hear our affliction, He sees the future after our affliction is over. 
The Lord goes on to tell Hagar how he will multiply her descendants. Concerning the son in her womb, the Lord tells her to name him Ishmael, which means God hears, because the Lord heard her affliction. You see, every time she called her son's name, every time she called Ishmael, Hagar will be reminded of God's faithfulness, that he had heard her cry, that he had seen her affliction. Look at verse 13 again. She called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, notice this, I have I also here seen him who sees me. I want to give you something to think about for a moment. Hagar wouldn't have seen the Lord if it hadn't been for her trial. She wouldn't have got a glimpse of him had she not gone into the wilderness and dealt with this hardship. Did I say something to us about trials? God often uses them to give us a fresh vision of who He is. I'll say it like this. How do you know He's a healer until you need healing? How do you know He's a provider until you find yourself in a situation where you need His provision? You see, hardship shouldn't cause us to run away from Him, but hardship should cause us to run to Him. And when we run to Him, God will bless us and God will show us Himself. He'll show us a side of Him that we may not have seen before. I'm afraid that sometimes we miss out on what God wants to do in our life because we don't want pain and we don't want problems and we don't want difficulty, but it's in those times of valleys. It's in those times of hurt. It's in those times of struggle that you see God for who He is. It opens our eyes to see God and know what He can do. Hagar called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God who sees. In her rebellion and in her running away from the situation, God saw her, but she got a glimpse of Him. You see, God sees you and God sees me. And in spite of our confusion and rebellion, He lets us get a glimpse of Him. That's nothing but the mercy of God. The fact that we could run away from our problem and run away in rebellion, and God shows up, is nothing but mercy. It's nothing but grace. Notice that God doesn't scold Hagar. He doesn't get angry with her. He doesn't rebuke her. But rather He shows her mercy. He tells her the son that's in your womb is going to be multiplied and you're going to have many descendants through that son. You see, that was seeing what she did. She, she wasn't in the will of God by having a son through Abraham. That was never God's plan. But instead of getting mad and angry with her and upset with her, God says, hey, I'll show you mercy. You see, God comes to us in our hardship. He comes to us in our rebellion. And He gives us mercy. He comes to us when we mess up and He gives mercy. Rather than giving us what we deserve, He gives us what we don't deserve. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 says this, Through the Lord's mercies we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Can I tell you that if you messed up today, God had a fresh dose of mercy waiting on you this morning. You may have blown it yesterday. You may have tried to ruin in rebellion. You may have tried to even turn your back on Him and say, God, I don't want to submit to You. God, I don't want Your will. But today, God's showering mercy because His mercies are new every morning. Did you know what it said? It said it's through the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. You see, God could take us out if He wanted to, but rather than taking us out, God gives us mercy. 
Psalm 23 verse 6 says, Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I tell you as you're walking alone in life, goodness and mercy is hot on your trail. As you go through life, goodness and mercy is hot behind you. That means when you mess up, goodness and mercy comes and wipes out the mistake that when you've blown it and when you've failed, goodness and mercy shows up and cancels out things that we've done. That's God being merciful and gracious to us. Amen. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise this morning. The God who sees is a God of mercy. I'm encouraged. That he sees me and he sees my hardship and he sees my failures. But he gives me mercy. That's the God we serve. So I want to close this morning and say this, that we've got to realize that even as God saw Hagar, He sees us. He especially sees our affliction. And if in our trials we will look just like Hagar did, we'll see God in His mercy toward us. And I realize today that if God gave you everything that you deserved, you wouldn't be here today. But God's been merciful. And in those times of trial, in those times of hardship, when you wanted to turn your back on Him, God showed up and He was merciful. Now listen, I understand there's consequences. And I understand there's discipline that comes from Him, but God does it in mercy. God's never angry and God's never mad and God's never abusive. God is merciful. Some of you walked in here today and because of your problems and because of things you've created in your own life, you think that God's out to get you, that God's out to do you in. But I'm here to tell you that the God who sees you is a God that is merciful to you. Yes, you may be disciplined and yes, you may have some consequences of what you've done, but God shows up in mercy. God's not here to boss you around and try to slap you around, but God is here to give you mercy today. The French writer Paul Claudel wrote this. I quote, Christ did not come to do away with suffering. He did not come to explain it. He came to fill it with His presence. End of quote. Hallelujah. So if you're suffering today, it's my prayer that you'll see the God who sees you. That's my prayer for you today, that if you walked in here suffering, if you walked in here hurting, if you walked in here broken, that today your eyes will be open and you'll see the God who sees you. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing a song. We've, we've sang it several times. But I thought it was appropriate. He's a chain breaker. You've got pain. He's a pain taker. He's a way maker. And so whatever you're going through today, you need to give it to Him. Find out what God wants you to do. Submit to it. But while we're singing this song, this altar is open. If you need prayer today, I want to pray with you. But let's sing this song and bless the Lord this morning.